And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast. I'm H.Y.K. So glad to be back with you as your summer continues to stack up of books you're trying to read, podcasts you're trying to listen to. We're only adding to it so that we can all have the best summer of our lives. Remember, Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio is where we are pulling each and every show from week to week. You can catch up on the ones you've missed or make sure you subscribe so you don't miss what is up and coming. And we are talking directly to the men. As a man, I need these challenges on a regular basis. And a very amazing story of God's mercy as the Catholic gentleman is talking to Jordan Burke, who's a former policeman. He is seeking justice from a fall, and he literally dealt with resentment and anger, which led to addictions, the loss of his daughter, and then on to finding out how God's physical healing and spiritual healing can take place. So we jump into the Catholic gentleman on this week's Catholics Coast to Coast. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on another episode of The Catholic Gentleman. We are so blessed that you have decided to join us. If this is your first time, please click that subscribe button wherever you are. If you're on YouTube, click that bell button so that you can get notified each time one of these come out. We've got a great guest today, Jordan Burke. I'm looking forward to introducing him. But before we get there, if you're looking to support The Catholic Gentleman, we have launched The Catholic Gentleman Plus. Sam and I are so excited for years. We have been hearing men's cry that they just need a little bit more help. They need a little bit more strategy. They need a little bit more guidance in their life. And what could uh, be better but creating a membership program for men that can answer these questions and answer these needs. And so that's what Sam and I have done. Each month we're coming out with new themes. We're coming out with new topics. We have guest experts coming on every single month. It is affordable. We've got, um, uh, you know, um, Ebooks that are coming out every single month and a lot more things that are happening. So we are very excited to present that. Head over to Catholic Gentleman Plus or click on the link in the show notes uh, to see more. So as I mentioned, I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Jordan Burke. So after a little over a half a decade of protecting and serving his community as a police officer, Jordan Burke traded in his badge and his gun for a Bible and a rosary. Falling deeply in love with the church and her teachings, praise be to God, as Sam and I are as well. He dove headfirst into the writings of the saints and all aspects of the spiritual theology and hasn't stopped learning since. So we have Jordan on today because he's a lover of truth. He is a soldier in Christ. He is a gentleman uh, extraordinaire. And uh, he runs a, uh, a group with a motto, you know, do the harder thing. And that's how I came across him on his website. I do know his father. Actually, I've met his father, but I didn't connect the dots until a little bit after uh, um, following you on Instagram, as humorous as that is. So he also has um, spends time farming and uh, he has a beautiful uh, baby girl and lives with them. Where, where are you guys living? What state? So the retreat center is in uh, Montgomery, Alabama. Awesome. Montgomery, yeah. Alabama. So anyways, Jordan, so grateful for you joining us today. You've got quite a story and something that I know all our listeners, myself included, want to hear. So I'd love to hear, you know, back from the beginning when you weren't Catholic, right? And you were sure. um, just searching. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you uh, having me on. And it's funny you mentioned this because we have a we have a priest visiting with us and he he just wanted to hear my story. And I thought, man, I haven't told my story in so long. I'm forgetting so many pieces. So he got the dry run. So hopefully this one is a little bit more <laughs> a little bit more cohesive. But um I I come from a really rough childhood, as I think a lot of people do in some way, some form or fashion um in our modern time, unfortunately. But uh my mother was uh, a severe, severe alcoholic and was very abusive uh, to the point where there's a good, uh, significant portion of my childhood that is 
uh, repressed, just repressed memories. And I've worked with um, varying counselors and, and therapists and professionals in that area. And, um, but it's, that's kind of a, a response to the trauma, right? So interestingly, even through that, I had, I had a, an idea of God, um, probably because my dad, <clears throat> excuse me, he was kind of, we were kind of bouncing around. He wasn't Catholic at the time. He hadn't converted yet. And so we were, we had gone to uh, the Anglican church. He was an Anglican seminary for a period of time after they had split. Um, I mean, everywhere we were, we were all over the place. Of course, Protestant churches. I remember one of the few memories I have was the, uh, the typical Protestant church in a school gym, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to play on the rock wall in the back. I had no interest in anything that was going on at the time. So I had an idea of God, but I didn't have a relationship with God by any means. And, and so, you know, things got in my childhood pretty bad. Uh, my, my parents had gotten divorced. Um, he moved not too far away. You know, I'd ride my bike on the side of the highway try to go see him mm. um, just because I had that that yearning to be with my father because uh, good fathers are so necessary, as, as I'm sure all of us here know and everyone listening knows. And um, it got to the point where I got in trouble with the law. <laughs> I, I like to say I was interviewed by a detective. My dad likes to say I was arrested. I don't really remember the exact <laughs> details, but <laughs> you know, it's one of those two, a combination of those two. And uh, it was it was harmless. It was a um, stupid, su- stupid choice, wrong place, wrong time sort of situation. But it was it was eye opening, and it caused a spiral event to where. Um, I had a fight with my mom and I was in, uh, I remember being in the basement of my house and I just prayed to God, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. The suffering, the scrounging for, for change to, to go buy candy from the store. Cause that's the thing that I could afford to eat this, you know, uh, having meals donated by local churches, uh, Christmas presents donated by local churches. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, degrading or down, downing any of that. Thank God that those things exist, I wouldn't have had any food. But the overall situation and the struggle and the pain and the 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 abuse and all these other things, I just prayed, Lord, I, you know, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to kill myself. But if you want to take me, that'd be great. So yeah, that was wow. that was what was on my heart. And uh, it resulted in me calling my dad. And he had converted by this time. He had uh, remarried by this time. Uh, he had the annulment process was super easy because he wasn't married in the church, all those sorts of things. Uh, and they drove a couple hours to come pick me up. And that kind of put me on this pathway, right? So my dad converts. Now I'm out of this bad situation, but I'm carrying all of this baggage with me. I'm carrying these wounds that have not healed. I'm carrying um, all these different issues that I've had. I mean, I, I tell people, I, I have no doubt, and we'll probably get into this. I have no doubt that I was oppressed, very heavily oppressed uh, spiritually. And so I, I was uh, very full of rage and anger. And these wounds were just festering. And in the midst of that, I convert. <laughs> so wow. I'm watching what my dad is doing. And I'm, I've always been very intellectually driven. And so I'm reading, you know, okay, well, this is what the Episcopalians say. This is what, you know, the Anglicans say. This is what, who cares, you know, name it, right? But then I stumble across apostolic succession. And I thought, this makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I thought this, this is brilliant. I mean, you could, you, you're telling me that I can go to a priest and in the midst of their, they can trace back to one of the disciples. It's like, that's amazing. So it was a very intellectual conversion, but it was a conversion. 
and praise God for it because that planted the seeds for what, what grew later on. So fast forward uh, quite a bit of time and, you know, all through these wounds and different things like that. I become a police officer. I was going to go into the military. That didn't work out. Become a police officer. And I spend my formative years on the streets of Birmingham, right? And at that at the time, I don't know if it still is, but at the time it was ranked one of the top 10 most dangerous uh, cities in the nation. Mm-hmm. I was shot at multiple times, you know, fights and, and things like that. I was a member of the uh, quick response team. So if there was an active shooter call or anything like that, it, I was part of that team that would that would go in and respond. If I... If I could, what yeah, inspired ahead. you to go into um, become a police officer? I missed that. You know, here's what's funny about that. I don't even remember applying. I, I, I legitimately don't. Um, I, I've always had a sense of justice, right? Now, I think at the time it was a very disordered understanding of justice, but I did know right from wrong. And I did want to help people. And that seemed like the pathway to to make that work the most. And what's interesting is before that, you know, I, I was working in retail, but I I had a I had the ability to kind of climb the ladder, so to speak. Um, just a hard worker, you know, helping make things more functional. And managers saw that and said, awesome, I want to make you a manager of this store. Like, okay, great. You know, so I could have probably followed that path, but I I was yearning for something more. Um, so when the letter came, like I said, I don't remember applying, but I guess I did. Uh, but when the letter came to say, hey, come try out, you know, you need to do the the uh, physical assessment and all that. Uh, I, I went through it and I was like, okay, well, this is the path. We're going to do this. And what's fascinating is <clears throat> even though I had this intellectual um, understanding of the faith and it, I, I had not owned it, I was not living it. I was going to mass, but I, I just wasn't living it. It was very... Um, culturally, culturally Catholic, I think would be giving myself too much credit in, in this, if that kind of describes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wasn't mentally there. Um, but I remember praying Hail Marys in formation because <laughs> you know, they act like drill sergeants. So you line them up and the jail. And what's really funny is the, the police academy. I don't know if it's still there, but the jail is right behind it. So we'd go for formation in the morning and you'd have uh, people in the jail screaming at you from the windows. <laughs> information and that and you know you can't respond and and the the instructors are getting in your face and they're and it's all for purpose of course but i just remembered staring at one chain link on the fence and just praying hail mary over and over again and that's what got me through wow so it's it's fascinating these little threads right that that go through the story so uh so i i go in i i believe at 20 i graduate the academy and i'm i become a full-fledged officer at age 21 and then those formative years, those early 20s, were spent on the streets dealing with what I was dealing with. My first, and as per perspective or context, rather, my first week, I worked a homicide every single day, sometimes multiples a day. Uh, and so it was it was trial by fire in a uh, in a in a big way. And yeah, yeah, and and I think, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of help for guys in that situation to help them to understand what they're seeing and going through. Um, having to watch somebody die is really hard, uh, knowing that there's nothing you can do and you're just, you're just standing there. It's a feeling of helplessness, but there's nothing to help guys work through that. So what happens is, you know, I have this, this low, this level of rage that already existed and this level of wounds that already existed. 
And it just, what I was experiencing, just, you know, maybe it's a cup, right? Just filled that cup, just kept filling it and filling it until it started overflowing. And I became hyper, hyper negative. Um, you know, I, I was seeing a lot of injustice. I was seeing a lot of corruption and trying to change it and uh, getting blacklisted because of it, um, being refused positions that I that I had um, all of the, you know, the resume filled out for, you know, what it should have been a shoe in sort of a thing. Um, but because I was outspoken and I, and granted, I, I guarantee you, I didn't go about it the right way. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I didn't have the prudence at the time. So that's on me. Um, but, you know, and it, it was just not a good situation. So those things build up. And uh, during this, I, I skipped over an important part and I apologize. But when I was young in the midst of the abuse, I, I stumbled on pornography that that became an issue throughout my entire life. But in the midst of this is when it really started becoming a hold. Um, and then you combine horrific nightmares that I had every single night, it was literally every single night, horrific nightmares without fail. So I thought, okay, well, if I drink enough, I can get to sleep. And this is how ridiculous it is. I had it down to a science. I, I knew that if I stopped at the corner store on the way home and talked to my buddy who who worked there and who was a really nice guy, an immigrant, who was telling me what cars he was working on and he just got his his passport, just became like that. I enjoyed that. But if I got this drink, this drink, and this drink, it's enough to get me out and asleep, but it's not enough to cause any problems the next morning, right? But it still causes a problem. We know that uh, uh, physiologically. So I'm not getting deep sleep. And so this cycle of drinking and pornography and anger and drinking and pornography and, you know, all these other things in the midst of serial relationships, because I was trying to, in, in a way that I believe so many of us do with our varying wounds, for me, I was not given the love of a mother that I needed and or affection in that way. And I didn't know this at the time. It took much therapy and, and counseling and things like that to, to discover this. But I was seeking that love, um, that true love, like Mary gives to us. But I was seeking that in relationships. So now I'm adding serial relationships, just sin on top of sin, mm. you know, in the midst of all this. I end up getting married. Uh, I completely destroy that. It, it was very short. It was, it was a year or less um my ex-wife uh got pregnant we have a beautiful little girl but my sin at that point uh broke you know we we both brought our our kindling to the marriage so to speak we both brought our wounds uh, because wounded people attract wounded people of course uh and that's not anything about her it's just the reality of the world we yeah. live in mm -hmm. and uh so we both both brought our kindling but my sin is what lit the fire right and everything went up in smoke. So uh, there was a certain point where I just completely broke down, completely broke down. I had fallen away from the church at this point. I was going to, to her um, Protestant church, and I was barely going through the motions. I was barely surviving. I ended up leaving policing because I can't handle it anymore. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, if I get killed, because this is, I, I went in before Ferguson, so you know, politically, we know how it is now when it, everything was really on fire then. Yeah. It's like, if I die, I cannot do this and leave my daughter without a father. I can't do that. So mm -hmm. I leave policing. And uh, and I even had a company where I was teaching people how to shoot defensive tactics and things like put close that down, all that kind of stuff. But I, so everything is just breaking down. And I come to this point and I just, I, I'm just crying out. Like, God, you know, 
I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what needs to happen. Some needs, some needs to give. Some needs to give. So I'm at church, their their Protestant church one day. And I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of like observing. And I have the thought, and this is interesting for more context. I was mad at what I thought the church was, the Catholic Church. I was mad. Yeah. But I had the thought, I really miss the Eucharist. And it was so profound that even in the depth of my uh my sickness and my my stupidity, quite frankly, that it broke through. And I thought, why would I, why would I think that? I'm mad at the church, right? I'm, 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 you know, I, I would never, I would never do that. But it, it broke through enough where, where God kind of gave me this thread and started pulling me in the right direction. So, uh, in the midst of this, I'd already kind of dabbled with, with counseling and things like that. And some things were starting to break free. And, and maybe that was the initial grace that God needed to kind of, not that he needs grace, but you know what I mean? There are yeah. cooperation with his grace that he needed mm-hmm. to kind of to poke me to bring bring him back and i dove in you know because i i was just completely broken my my ex-wife had left she had taken my my daughter with her and you know i'm in this house this empty house by myself and you know <clears throat> i can't stand who i've become and all these other different things so i just dive in i'm like all right lord if you're calling me i'm i'm, I'm going all in i'm this is what's going to happen somehow i had uh, father ripperger's deliverance prayers for the lady Wow. You know, I, yeah, I don't know how, Pro- probably my folks, I, I found it on one of my shelves. So I'm looking through that and I'm like, okay, this is amazing. I go to an intensive, uh, it's a, it was a four day therapy. I, I, would, I wouldn't call it a retreat, but we walk in and the guys were lined up and the guys say, you need to understand that what you're about to experience is a hundred hours of intensive therapy and we're going to jam into four days. So buckle up. So that's sort of a level of thing, because I'm the kind of guy, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all out. I'm going to give you everything that I have. And that kind of began the journey. Now, the the real turning point, so all these things are starting to move. This, this stone facade is starting to kind of break and crumble slowly. Um, but my parents didn't quite know everything that was going on. And right. I knew that, because at this time now I had transitioned from one job that I was doing to working for them. So I'm working for a Catholic organization, but I had fallen away from the church and I, and I was struggling and I was coming back, but you know, I knew that I had to be honest with them and honor them. And so, uh, I called them up and I said, Hey, we, we need to talk. And so I met them at the church of the, or the shrine of the most blessed sacrament. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's I have absolutely not, but incredible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mother Angelica is, is, uh, yeah. it's, it's amazing. So we meet in a room off of the main church. And uh, I remember purposefully sitting <laughs> in, the, in a chair where they couldn't sit next to me. There's a table in between us. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to create a little bit of distance because yeah. I don't know what my dad's going to do. That's you know, true. he's never been violent, but I'm like, if if he ever is going to be violent, it might be this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I'm just I, I'm in this completely wounded state, and I had a plan, and I was hoping that like me me showing them that I've been making effort and I'm trying would would be in my favor a little bit, you know? And so I just, I sit them down and I begin to weep and uncontrollably. And I tell them everything. Mm. I mean, everything I'm talking down to the detail, everything. And, uh, and so Stephanie, my, 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 uh, my stepmom, she's really my mom. She comes in and she sits on the table and she puts her hand out 
and I, I just knew I needed to put my hand in hers. So I put my hand in her hand and she said, I'm so sorry for your suffering. And in that moment, I experienced the love that I'd been searching for mm. for so long, you know, and in a moment that I certainly didn't deserve it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is the stuff I was doing in your house. This is, this is what I've done. This is, you know, one of the reasons why you can't see your granddaughter right now is because of my own sin and, you know, these different things. And it was just, and it wasn't, there was no excusing anything that I did, but it was also a recognizing that, yeah, you went to the pigs, you're eating from the trough and that sucks. And I, and I love you and I don't want you to experience that. But that moment was so profound that I believe it was in that moment that the oppression was lifted through that act of, of pure love and, wow. and, and grace. And, uh, and I, and I say that because as I'm driving away from the shrine, I remember looking up at the sky and thinking, I have never seen the clouds so clearly. I like they're crisp. I've never seen the sky so blue. And then I'm thinking, I've never been able to really hear my thoughts like this. Like everything is so clear. And that just, that's when the stone facade fell. And I continued to dive and I continued to push and I continued to learn. And uh, in the midst of that experience, tremendous healing, uh, you know, JP2's, uh, Dr. Bob Schutz healing the whole person was a part of that later on, but it, that was a huge part of that as well. It helped me understand some more. Um, but I, so I dove in deep and, and I thought, okay, well, uh, I've been doing really well with this pornography thing by the grace of God, but there's got, I hate having to white knuckle things. There's gotta be yeah. something we can do here. And so I, I end up talking to the the CSATs, the certified sex addiction therapist that I had talked to at that uh, intensive retreat, who, which by the way, this is interesting. I'll, I'll back up a little bit. One of the, one of them sits down with me and he says, Jordan, you, you understand you're not addicted to pornography, right? And I thought, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm here because I have an issue that's affected my life. What do you mean? And he goes, no, no, no. You're addicted to affection. And this is merely a coping mechanism. And even having that mindset shift, when he did say, you know, obviously you you don't meet the clinical criteria for clinical addiction. So there is that. So praise God for that. But but that mindset shift, right? And so I'm talking to them and I'm I'm pulling all these resources that I've that I found and I've learned, and I'm diving into neuroscience and and psychology and uh, neurochemistry and understanding dopamine and serotonin and how you know, uh, pornography affects the the brain, the human brain to a certain degree, like heroin does. You're getting similar hits of dopamine and serotonin and things like this and, uh, you know, all of that. And so I end up making a system because there's stuff out there and there was, there was a lot of stuff out there, but I, I felt like it didn't touch on the key factor, which is what we know, which is the beauty of the faith. Mm -hmm. So combining those two things that's what really set me free. And then God started putting people in my life and they were out of the blue and they were saying, I'm really struggling with pornography. And I'm like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Maybe it will help. It helps them. And eventually I create uh do the harder thing, which was kind of a, uh, more of a blog. And then it morphed into talking more about the pornography side and helping people. And then now for the past year and a half, I think, or maybe two years, it, it God kind of kind of brought me to this place where he said, okay, awesome. You did what I wanted you to do. You did what I asked. Now I need you to go into another direction. And that's when the deep dive 
And there had been a lot. Uh, there had been a lot of signposts along the way that this was coming. Um, Saint Gemma being one of them. Yeah. So this had been coming for years. Um, but he said, "Okay, but I really need you to do it now." And I have kind of a Jonah complex where some, I, even to this day, God says, "I need you to do something." And I'm like, "Ah, uh, maybe the inside of the whale might be a little bit better." <laughs> and I still haven't learned yet. <laughs> I still struggle absolutely. with that. Um, but uh, so now, anyway. Um, the past year, year and a half, two years have been diving into spiritual warfare, demonology, angelology, and taking these these topics that are talked about, um, but really breaking it down into brass tacks and removing the veil, uh, removing any sort of, uh, ideally, God willing, any sort of fear in the topic, any sort of misunderstanding, and just saying, listen, God is a great God. Jesus is King. He's provided with you with everything that you need in the church and its graces to overcome whatever comes your way. This is how it's done, you know? Amen. And so that's kind of the main focus now. Um, but yeah, that's the story in a, in a very truncated version. Wow. Wow. I'm really grateful. It's uh, quite a story and something that gives us plenty of next avenues for us to dive <laughs> into. So um, there is, there's no shortage of things we could discuss, but Sam, why don't you uh, jump in? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I love conversion stories, and yours is a particularly uh, powerful one. So, thank you for sharing that. It's absolutely incredible uh, what God did in your life, and and how what He's still doing, um, and still drawing you further on and and deeper in the faith. Um, I just want to point out. But I mean, I have a question, but I I I do want to point out a couple of threads or themes that you mentioned. Um, okay. And one is that powerful anger, you know, and anger is, is so tied to justice. It's, it's so tied to a sense of injustice really. And like, you felt that for so long and that kind of dread, like led you to want to set things right and like, you know, be a police officer. But then that just, that, that wasn't quite what you were looking for. Like right. that it wasn't quite um, the manifestation of that, that you were looking for in your life, but that, but that anger and justice were so tied together, but they were protecting that vulnerability underneath. But what I love is that moment you talk about where you um, experience mercy. You know, it's like it wasn't denying what happened. There was justice in saying like this wasn't right, and yet, like a you know, as the theologians tell us, like mercy goes beyond justice. It's not right. like contrary to it. It goes further than. It. And it's like, even though you are, you did all of these things, we're not denying that, I still release you. And it's yeah. it's that powerful experience of, of mercy. You know, that it's kind of captured in the story of the prodigal son, where he has no expectations of being welcomed back into the family or anything like that. It's just like, I'm here, punish me if you need to. I'm just trying to survive here. And then it's like, no, I'm actually going to release you from your debt. And in fact, celebrate you and embrace you with love. And um, I just like when we talk about mercy so often in the church, it tends to be like, you know, we're quoting John Paul II or St. Faustina or something. And it can be something very abstract. And you, you talked about how like your journey to begin with was like very intellectual. But I would I would love to hear you expand on just like what that experience of mercy why that was so transformative beyond like any 
idea of mercy that you could read in a in the catechism or in a textbook or you know uh, like how did that experience like just transform your heart um, just in a personal way yeah that's a fantastic question i think in a lot of ways um it goes back to that old idiom that talk is cheap right yeah. you can you can intellectually know all these things but what what you know i i often reference or i, I shouldn't say often reference i've been thinking a lot about jesus calling the pharisees whitewashed tombs mm. so they have the appearance of you know everything is put together they know the law they know all these different things but on the inside they're dead and they're rotting you know so their word what do their words mean not much they're, they're it's a facade so in that in that moment of mercy for me it was a practical and even physical experience that exemplified even something like vulnerability where i i had put myself physically away from them i had to choose to give her my hand in that moment of vulnerability i didn't know what she was going to do you know i there's no telling but but in that that act of mercy I think it's it's one thing we do have to say the words, right? Like when we talk about forgiveness, especially when the exorcists talk about forgiveness and, and breaking ties, you have to choose to forgive even if you don't feel it. So there is power there in saying it. What an amazing story of finding out how to be a better man through those hard times. What do we do when things get hard? Are we willing to push through and conquer that harder thing? Catholic Gentleman, always available on Podcast Central at EWTN.com slash radio. I'm Ace McCain, and when we get back from the break, we're going to continue our discussion with men for men. The Catholic Man Show is actually bringing us together to really tackle the four ways that we can get out of a state of being lukewarm. So Adam and David will spark that conversation coming up next on Catholics Coast to Coast. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN Radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy, whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We are on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here sitting with David Niles. Jim is in the studio. Jim, it's good to have you. Hey, Jim. Jim has been uh, doing walking exercises, getting prepared for our pilgrimage that's coming up. Jim, so, you're looking good. Doing great. That one time you went walking so far, it's really... He's doing great. It looks fruitful. We're going to uh, the the Holy Land in April next year. Yeah. 
Uh, we're going with Father Patrick Briscoe, Dominican uh, priest and editor of Our Sunday Visitor and uh, a whole host. Of, he's known for God's Blaining podcast and a whole host of other things. Really pumped to have him on. Uh, he's so much fun. I got a chance to hang out with him uh, the last couple of years at the Catholic Media Association Conference. And just being able to have like a, a, a good drink with him and enjoy like leisurely time with him. and But yet... He goes. Uh, he knows so much. Like he's so. He's he's a Dominican. He's yeah. So well educated. Uh, that it's, it's, it's kind of the thing. It's so much fun just to hang out with him. So I'm I'm super excited to go to the Holy Land with him. Uh, he's also just really cool. Yeah, just a really cool guy. Uh, and then you know get to go with our wives, with Jim and Kathy, and uh, Jeff Gallant and his wife is coming. It's gonna be great. I love yeah. Jeff. He's a great guy. Maybe the maybe the nicest guy on the planet. Possibly, yes. Uh, and he's certainly in the running. With, with yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and he was he's been a part of our, our reading group this last go around uh, for Leisure: The Basis of Culture with yeah, Joseph yeah. Pieper. Uh, we're actually starting our new book club. Uh, it's actually currently going right now. The reading part of it. We're going to talk about Euthyphro. Uh, nice in in August. Oh, I should have pulled up that date. But I think it's the second Tuesday of August. I think it's August 8th. Yes, August 8th. We're going to uh, get together and talk about Euthyphro. If you've never read Plato before, Euthyphro is a great introduction. It's mm-hmm. short. It's, it's pretty straightforward uh, as far as you know, the reading. You're not having to track a whole lot. You can, it's pretty self-explanatory as far as the story is concerned. And then, you know, obviously, if you get into the uh, uh, anagogical and the, uh, uh, not just the literal, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, it, it unfolds and unpacks. Um, quite a bit of the Socratic dialogues. I thought, well, it's not a Socratic. That's not one of them. But um, yeah, it's a dialogue. Oh, that is a dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was getting confused with the, something else. But I really thought they were excellent when we it's when we read through just them. Just a pleasure the, to like, read. Last year, they were there was a lot there, like for you to talk about and mm-hmm. and really think about. They really made me think a lot mm-hmm. about what, what is it? What's my opinion on? Uh, piety what what is what do i owe the polis what do i owe my country mm-hmm. you know uh exactly on piety and we had a lot of great discussions yes shout out to deacon garlic because he's the one that kind of hosted that yeah um it's yeah. also really funny to do it with juan who <laughs> in the end game's like nope socrates is wrong <laughs> uh, hey you gotta have you know you just gotta have juan and but you know to his credit he stuck to his guns and yes nope I know what I believe <laughs> I know what I'm about Socrates was a fool <laughs> <laughs> oh man hey so tonight uh, I'm really excited we're gonna have a a whiskey um a, a first ever type of whiskey oh yeah first ever Pindaren single malt Welsh whiskey product of Wales just like me you want to read the I uh, think I'm pretty sure I don't know for a fact. But I'm pretty sure I'm Welsh. So as you're reading this, I will pour uh, the glasses for all three of us. And then also I'd like you to give uh, him a toast. Okay. Because okay, so this says to the Catholic Man Show from a loyal listener on the... Oh, Tropes, Shropshire slash Welsh border in the UK. Keep up the hard and excellent work and enjoy some... Nice. Uh, oh, yes. Nice Welsh whiskey. Blessings. Richard Cattell. Thank you, Richard. So Richard sent this all the way from the UK. 
Hi. Do us to the Catholic Man Show, which I appreciate. Mm. Uh, you want me to read the taste news before you give yeah. you a second to yeah. Is it together? Ryan, is there any rye in here? Uh, no, it's uh dark. The nose is dark chocolate fudge with cinnamon pe- and pepper spices, yeah. followed by a lush fruit of green apples, mango, banana, and guavas. The the nose is spicy. Okay. The palate says it's rich and complex, a creamy mi- a texture with notes of vanilla, oak, cinnamon, and a hint of nutty toffee, and it finishes creamy vanilla flavor, which is in no rush to ebb away. Nice. Richard, we raise our glass to you. In honor of your generosity, may our Lord be a hundred thousand million times as generous with you at your judgment. To Richard. To Richard. Cheers. And if you need more, then I hope he's more than that. <laughs> if you need it. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Wow, that is, it doesn't taste like what I thought it would. Hmm. But did you get, is the nose is spicy, isn't it? Ooh, I like that. That is just wonderful. It is real nutty. I think that. I get definitely a you lot of... You do get the, um, the hints of, of, of the fruits in there, though, on the uh-huh. nose. Mm. That, is, that is really nice. That is. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. P- Pendaren Single Malt Wal- uh, Welsh Whiskey. I believe it's like 46%. Is it 40? Yeah, 46% ABV. So 92 proof. The bottle is really cool, too. And it has wing we, tips in the bottom. We are kind of a sucker for a, a cool bottle on yep. the show. We are. I'm okay with admitting it. Yeah, I I am too. It it also is doesn't seem like something that I would typically fall for. Fall for me either. But I do. Yeah, me too. Uh, hey, so I want to uh, I want to tell you the story. Uh, I feel like that even though we've been recording episodes, just I guess because you and I haven't, it just hasn't been you and I. It's, we've had a lot of guests. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't get as much story time in. Right. So with a guest, we have. Right. So we have a, a prayer board at, at the Minahan House. I think we've talked about this many times on the show, but for those who are new, uh, we, you know, you always say grace before meals. Uh, one of the things that we do to kind of bookend the meal is we have a dry erase board on, on, in our kitchen. And it's gridded out between each person, and there's a petition, like something that you want to pray for, and the saint that uh, you also want to pray, uh, ask for their prayers as well, of that intention, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so at the end of uh, dinner, we, you know, dad wants to pray for uh, work through, you know, St. Joseph and mom wants to pray for, you know, homeschooling through Elizabeth Ann Seton. And so we all go through, you know, and give a petition through a saint, right? So Anna, the other day, she goes, I'd like to pray for dad through St. Thomas the Aquinas. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I realized, you know what? I mean, why have Aquinas when you could have the Aquinas? I get it. And I'm with her, personally. <laughs> so she prayed for me through St. Thomas the look, Aquinas. You may be Quine, but I'm the Aquinas. All right? <laughs> I'm way quiner than you. <laughs> so I just thought that was really, really great. It's like one of those things Like I wanted to say also, just that way, someday, if I go back and listen to our shows... It'll be a memory of like, oh yeah, I forgot she said that. So I opened up a fast food restaurant 
this week. Yes, that was really that's really exciting. Uh, I didn't realize that you were even in the. <laughs> I didn't realize that you were even in the market. Yeah, it was kind of an impromptu thing. Impulse. It was uh, just something we decided to do. Yeah. Um, kind of the middle of the night sort of deal. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get struck by it. just opened a fast food restaurant. It's a very exclusive restaurant. Okay. It's only for bobcats. <laughs> Between the hours of, let's say, midnight and 4 a.m. All right. Yeah. Been so what's pretty, on the menu? Been pretty popular over the last couple of days. Oh, chicken. <laughs> Whole. <laughs> and alive. alive. <laughs> and, and alive. <laughs> Not prepared in any way. <laughs> and also, we haven't found out a good way of charging the customers when they come yet. So it's an interesting but business needless model. Needless to say, it's been fairly fairly popular <laughs> a restaurant, especially for a startup. Uh, which you know you don't Chicken expect. Express. You don't expect to be so popular right away. Mm-hmm. Is it Bobcat's gonna die? I'm sure. So if natu- how, so, natural causes. So Chokes <laughs> on a chicken bone. <laughs> so I did build. I finished. I was already building. I we we had. We've had a lot of attrition. <laughs> okay, we were supposed to have thirteen chickens. We had is. yeah. We had five, and we were going to go pick up eight from some friends. They had to get rid of theirs. The day we go to pick pick up the eight, well, it was down to seven because it's like it was very hot that day, and it's like Heat oh, stroke. one of their chickens is dead. When we got back, getting from getting the chickens, I found one of our chickens was also dead. Mm. So there's two. Now we've given we've um, dropping like chickens, right? Yeah, out of the trees, which is where they sleep. But anyway, built me a nice. It's a nice chicken coop. Yeah. It's like... It's red and white. Yeah, it looks like... It's got the barn vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you going to put the KFC logo on it? I am I am strongly pondering it just to make Jim happy. Because <laughs> he sent me that... He sent me that picture. It's not a yeah. meme, but just... It would be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we lost our two... Like, obviously the Bobcat... They have discerning palates, okay? So they didn't just pick the, like... The worst chickens. They got, they got the best chickens that we had. Mm. I told the girls, like, you know what? Everything that we own belongs to God. God had need of those chickens today. So we rejoice that his will has been accomplished. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm going to build a coop. <laughs> so he changes his mind in the future. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice right after you get up and you say your prayers in the morning, you could check your phone and get caught up on all things that are happening in the Catholic world? That's exactly what GetTheLoop.com does. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you let them know that we sent you. It's a really easy way to help support the Catholic Man Show because the more people we send to GetTheLoop.com for a free email, it's the only email that Dave ever reads. But by signing up for their email, you're also supporting us because they're supporting our show. This episode is brought to you by GetTheLoop.com. Again, it's the place to go to get daily emails that recap all the big issues from a Catholic perspective. Go to GetTheLoop.com. Make sure you tell them the Catholic Man Show sent you. Cheers. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. We have no special guests today. No, but we've had some really great ones. Father Bonaventure Chapman 
Had two episodes with he him. He was so great. Uh, Dr. Timothy O'Malley. You know what? And I appreciated our episode. We did an episode on, which which is out now. Uh, yes. A Defense of Modern Art. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I felt like I remained a critic the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I told him after we were done, Father, you didn't change my mind. But I appreciate that for the first time ever, I now know there is... Because, so, you know, you just look at some of these mo- this modern art, and to me, I just think it's stupid. Right. Um, and now, to be fair, I've never given it a chance. Because I think it's stupid. Right. Uh, but Typ- Typically, don't give a lot of things that I think is stupid a chance. Right. Because they look stupid. <laughs> but uh, he did... You know, he didn't. Def- he did say there's a, there is stupid art. You know, mm-hmm. he, he didn't shy away from from that, right? Know. But anyway, I just felt I really appreciate it. He he stood stood like a man mm-hmm. um, against some hard criticism, mm-hmm. and we had a. I, I thought we had a good combo, a good conversation about mm-hmm. it all. And I agree. Um, and he did, in fact, make a defense, um, one that I didn't necessarily find compelling, but hopefully. Someone from the Washington, D.C. area mm-hmm. will fly us out, mm-hmm. maybe speak at a men's conference. Maybe you just want to fly us out to have whiskey with you. That's cool, too. A parish event. Whatever. Yeah. And then we're going to go We're gonna go look at some art. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, and I, I got to give a, a, you know, a shout out to our patrons uh, for, for all of this, right? Because the reason why we're able to have a lot of our guests you know, on our show is because we've, we have support, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, for those who are, who are just now listening you know, relatively new listeners, all the Patreon money that, that Dave and I get, uh, we do not pocket any of it. We, it goes right back into our show. Uh, so that way we can have uh, good guests. We have good equipment, you know, to be able to live stream, you know, the, the cameras, everything mm-hmm. that we're, we're using. Uh, and, and, and it's because of, of, of our patrons, because yep. they decided that it's worth, uh, worthwhile to support. So I appreciate all of our patrons who are willing to uh, support us if you go and you go to the catholic man or patreon.com slash the catholic man show and you get ten dollars a month pay, become a ten dollar a month patron you get one of these whiskey glasses for free the thing is is because dave and i don't make money on, on patreon like we're not trying to pocket money ourselves uh we lose money the first month for ten dollar patrons because we send you a catholic man show glencairn glass and it's because it's like it's a really cool thank you gift yeah it's laser etched with with lasers with lasers um, and it's a really cool thank you gift and uh, dishwasher safe dishwasher safe and so it, you know it's able you're able to uh, have an, a nice whiskey glass and, and support the show so uh, we appreciate all of our patrons for doing so absolutely and they're absolutely. they're gonna get a chance to be you know we have over 60 different audio books or, or interviews uh, available on our Patreon we have you know cool thank you gifts our book club that we do mm-hmm. uh, there's camp out the camp out oh let's talk about that real quick that's, okay. that's something else I had on on, on the the target um are on our notes is the the last weekend or the last week of september is our camp out correct september 28th 29th 30th and then october 1st uh, thursday through sunday it is uh at clear creek abbey we allow we open it up to our patrons first they get the first right of refusal to, to come and it's free for them and we pay for their food we pay for drinks it's basically a, a free weekend for you Although you will go to the Clear Creek books, uh, book sh- bookstore and end up spending money there. That's just inevitable because it's one of the best bookstores. Yeah, but the it, they just have cool stuff. Yeah. And, and cheese. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you're flying from out of town, uh, we will provide 
camping gear for you if you reach out to us. Mm-hmm. We're going to open it up uh, the registry, I guess, at the end of August. So it's one month uh, in advance. And the patrons get it first. And then uh, everybody else, if there is open seats, uh, we open up to the public. But that typically doesn't happen. We sold out, I think, in an hour and a half last year. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. you can go to the CatholicMantra.com. Uh, you can one of the tabs is the 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 camp out. You can look at that and you can see kind of all of the things that we have. Um, we already have our uh, Tomas from Altimo Cigars coming out to do a cigar rolling uh, class. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of things that which we'll, is very cool. We didn't get to do that last year. It just didn't work out with the schedule. Yeah. But um, he gives such a great class on cigars mm-hmm. where you will actually roll your own cigar and then be able to smoke it and smoke it or save it or whatever. Dave. We should also talk about the uh, giveaway that we're going to be doing here really soon. Yes. I'm what can really... we say about it? I am super psyched about this. Okay. So uh, it's not, it, it's starting, let's see, what is this? It's starting, this is July 16th. So I think it's starting in, um, well, crud. I don't remember actually off the top of my head. I shouldn't. Well, it's starting soon. Do um, we know how we're getting, like, how you enter yeah. the... Yeah, have we, have you, we decided yeah, this? Yeah, so you'll go to the CatholicMantra.com. There'll be a, a a link there. It'll be on our homepage. You'll be okay. able to find it. And basically what we're doing is we're giving away a custom home altar, courtesy of uh, uh, Catholic Custom Company. So Catholic Customs Company. So this is a... Let me make sure. A family, family business by um, a, a buddy of ours. Mark Gabriel. Mark Gabriel. It's his father-in-law who's... Uh, an amazing, an amazing artist, an artisan, craftsman. Catholic Customs Company, yes. They, they are the ones. So, uh, Sister Wilhelmina mm-hmm. in um, in Missouri. Missouri. You know, they exhumed her body. Everybody is like, you know, we were everybody's all crazy about it. awesome story. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the ones who built the altar that she now is reposed in. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. um, they they got. It was actually very cool because they got the inside scoop on this. They got hired to build an altar a couple days before they exhumed her body. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they would they had already drawn up like, all right, yeah, we'll have an altar. It'll be like this and blah, blah, right. blah, blah. And they're like, all right, change the plans. Yeah. Scratch everything. Can we make it hollow? Right. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So they're going to donate a custom uh, home altar. Yeah. It's. Uh, seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, no, and they're, and they're providing free shipping. They're going to ship free, everything. Everything you will pay nothing, and you will customize it. Yes, the way you want it, because that's what the, that's what their thing is. That mm-hmm. it's they they don't have anything sitting around. It's like you tell them what you want it to be. Yep. If if you want gothic arch or different you know, colors, like whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, with different stains, different yep. sizes. Um, the, the one we're giving away is a specific size. Yeah. It's like kind of a smaller one because some of their altars are huge. Right. It's a home and, altar. So and this needs to fit in your house. Right. So I, I don't have the dimensions off the top of my head, but it's gorgeous. Do you have their website so people can uh, like at well, least Well, you can go you can, uh, on Facebook. You can go to just cat, uh, Google Catholic Customs Company. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the best way to find out about this and keep up to date is if you go to the CatholicMantra.com, the first little box that is on our website where it sa- uh, says to subscribe to our newsletter, uh, that's that's the best spot to go because we're going to be uh, releasing it and making it known via our newsletter very very soon. So go check that out. Yeah. Okay. Um. So today I wanted to talk about uh, lukewarmness. 
uh, I recently wrote an article for XS90 that's mm-hmm. still to, to this day, as of this recording, on their app. I did um, read that. It was an excellent article. Thank you. Uh, it's on their app. You can go check that out. You, if like, you quoted scripture and everything. I did. It was like, amazing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what does he have, like an assistant or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I think the only place you can find it right now is on their app. So uh, if you download their app, you can look look that up. Um, and it, Which you should have. You should have the Exodus 90 app. Sure. The new Exodus 90 program, I am loving it. Oh, I am too. The, yes. You know, it's it's now yeah, like more Dave, of a year, David a year round. Yeah, so yeah. we're yeah, talking about Acedia mm-hmm. um, and looking at the life of David. And man, I've read, I've read the story of David, I don't know how mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but just s- with the the critical eye that mm-hmm. that they have, because they have they have scholars on staff now mm-hmm. who are you know writing all these reflections. Dr. And, Jared Stout, yeah, exactly, principally him. Um, and so I just never noticed how uh, this was one of David's. This was one of his his problems, right. the, the thing that he really really struggled with and suffered from, um, and how. That sin his, and his persistent, like not doing anything about it, had just ripple effects throughout his family, throughout his kingdom, right? And it just sin mm-hmm. sin spreads. It's, sin right. is contagious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Exodus ninety, Exodus ninety. Go check that out. Check it out. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to talk about luke lukewarmness. But before we did, like, or kind of getting into the subject, yeah. I was recently reading a, a little. A chapter from uh, Kierkegaard. Uh, we did an episode a long time ago with, with Thomas Lackey on like five philosophers Catholic men should know. Yeah, and he actually suggested Soren uh, Kierkegaard as one of them. Not even a Catholic philosopher, but one that you know you should uh, look into. And he he was talking about this like uh, unrecognizableness, and he was he was making a claim that uh, a Christian servant should. Uh, should be unrecognizable. Okay. And what he what he was saying was is how he he made the claim like here's God, the infinite, coming down as man, finite. All right. Did you make a list? A good retreat, a spiritual director, a cross, and a prayer. That's how we help to break out of being lukewarm. Thanks to our friends at the Catholic Man Show. If you want to listen to the entire show or you want to hear previous or future ones, make sure you check us out, Podcast Central at EWTNRadio.com slash radio. Just click on podcast. Keep you in the know. You add it to your summer listening party and then share it with your friends and family so they also deepen their walk with God. I'm heading out. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And remember to join us back for more great podcasting as we continue to enjoy the summer together. I'm Ace Woodkay. Remember to let God define who you are. And thanks for hanging out with Catholics Coast to Coast.